So today we have all three dogs assembled. It's like assembling the Ev the Avengers or the Avongers, as it as it may be. We have Drax, our superhero expert. We have Minky, who is destroying a bag of uh, Fritos. It's a dog Fritos uh, on the floor, so you might hear that. And uh, and Berkeley is joining us to bestow upon us our wisdom, and she will probably be the uh, the loud one that we hear from time to time, and the other two act up. So we are going to undertake uh, doing a spoiler review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4. All of it. We're, we're going to go through every movie, every TV show, every special. Um, there's only two of those. Um, and, and get it down to business. business and, the Guardians one, the sickness? Yes, we're going to do. That would be one of the specials. That one's the best. Um, Berkeley, if you didn't know, actually sounds a lot like my wife. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through all of them. Uh, and kind of what we're going to do is we're not going to do like a full like synopsis, like our rundown of everything. Cause yeah, the, the dog, the dogs are like, we have to eat later. Um, we, we don't want to be here that long. Um, but we're going to at least give a synopsis of the movie, uh, what we thought about it, uh, and then kind of where the characters are at the end to kind of set the stage for going into phase five. Everyone is very excited. And that bag of Fritos is really dead. Like Thanos. Uh, and Black Widow, which is actually where we will probably start. So when we talk about a phase four, I think you have to put it in, in context of like uh, phase one, right? So the Infinity Saga, Marvel phase one, it started with Iron Man, ended with the Avengers, and every single one of those movies kind of built towards that Avengers movie, which then, uh, you know, those three phases became the Infinity Saga, and then we fought Thanos at the end and whatnot. Now, the Multiverse Saga, this, uh, this phase four, each movie doesn't really build to anything like the last, the, like, it's not like they all built towards the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, as awesome as that would be. Like if Kevin Bacon was the through line of the entirety of phase four, uh, that would have been awesome, but that, that, that was not the case. So all these movies really don't feel like they fit together. And really only if you like get on the internets and like really follow what's going on, would you even know that, you know, Kang the Conqueror is going to be the the big bad uh, Thanos, you know, threat of the multiverse saga, right? Um, in, in fact, like, you know, I think he's only in uh, the Loki TV show um, in this phase. I know he's going to kick off next phase with uh, Quantumania. Um, but the, the only other, like, through line, and it's only a mild through line because it's really only Spider-Man and Doctor Strange is, and Loki is that you know, concept of the multiverse, right? So uh, phase four, not really as tight as, as phase one, but also a ton more shit going on. Paul likes it tight. I, I do. That's what I said. Um, so when we talk about phase four, we, we had to figure out how, how we we're going to break it up. Like, like, do we talk about it in, in release order? Um, do we talk about it in timeline order? Timeline order made the most sense, but then there's things that don't fit neatly. So the way we're going to look at it is, uh, we're going to kind of put everything in relation to end game. So we have one movie that's a prequel, right? Black Widow, uh, it happens before end game. We're going to consider uh, Loki 
what if and werewolf by night as outside of the end game universe so we'll kind of discuss those and then the rest will be uh chronologically um based on either what's been said in the films or what marvel has said as an official timeline um the order that they come out in now uh in the case of werewolf by night no one has said where it fits and it's kind of done in such such a way that it's it's hard to tell if it's you know the same what we'll call the end game universe or not so we're just kind of lumping it in with with uh local what if and uh you know the dogs think that maybe there is a better way to do that but they wouldn't tell me what it is um that frito's bag again really really fucking dead so we'll start with black widow um caitlin did you watch this one Caitlin did not. It was on. She just didn't pay attention to it. Uh, so Black Widow. Was it Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, it was Scar ScarJo. The movie? The movie. ScarJo the movie. I didn't watch David Harbour was in it. He's like Russian Captain America. Um, there's Taskmaster. Taskmaster is actually one of my favorite characters from like comics and stuff. Did she um, carry the movie well? What? Did she carry the movie well? ScarJo? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty solid. It was one of those ones that this movie, I would say, you know, it's like a solid eight. Compare it's, it to the first Wonder Woman. Uh, on par. Wow. You know. Uh, good? Yeah, well, first Wonder Woman w was good, but it had shitty boss battle and, you know, didn't really, I really like you it. know, the, the end didn't hold together well. Um, this one, uh, the thing about this movie coming out when it did, like if this had actually came out, it's supposed to take place after Captain America Civil War. Um, and if this movie had come out then, I think you would give a shit about it more. Um, but you kind of are like, hmm, yeah, she's dead now. So I guess this is a movie. And this movie is really, I guess, the vehicle that they're using to set up uh, David Harbour's character of um, Red Guardian. Who's Wait, so they're using one of the first ever female-carrying Marvel movies as a lead-in for a fucking dude. No, 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 no. Well, that's how you phrased it. I'm, so Marvel introduces characters that will in, be important later in movies. This is the movie where we introduce, like I, like I said, uh, I just started with David Harbour, Harbour as Red Guardian, but really what this movie is setting up is the new Black Widow analog, which is uh, Yelena, who is... Fan-fucking-tastic. She was the Russian girl in Hawkeye. You really liked her. And uh, Taskmaster, who is also female. So it really fits, sets up more female characters. I think uh, Valentina is also set up in this one um, in the end credits scene, which uh, ties into basically her sicking Yelena on Hawkeye for the Hawkeye series. So this sets up way more female characters than male characters. One on the boys. Uh, Great. Uh, like, I know you're throwing all these other superhero things at me and you're going to force me to talk about them, but we're in the first movie. Just to just slow your roll there. Um, since you brought it up, one of the things that the DCEU does terribly is they just drop new characters in and expect you to give a fuck about them. Whereas Marvel is really good about, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to be uh, in phase five doing Thunderbolts, which is going to be super exciting. One of the characters in that is going to be Red Guardian. He's going to take a, a forward role. We're going to set him up just a little bit in this movie. Uh, but knowing that at the end of this movie, you know, Black Widow is is very dead in the current universe, 
Like it just it just seems like this movie should have come out way earlier in, in life. So I, I feel like they did her character uh, just just a tad dirty. Um, so what it is is it's uh, basically what dirty and tight dirty and tight just how i like it um that that can be your podcast handle <laughs> i'll shut up okay so um so there the red guardian uh he has a fake family and that fake family uh consists of uh black widow and um uh well actually so several black widows right it has mom her name's uh melina and then has natasha romanoff and uh, Yelena, who's their their sister, and then uh, they like have to escape this house, and that's a, that's how you like learn that they're not really all related or not. They were just posing as a fa family. Um, and they go to Cuba, and then we kind of uh, flash into right after um, the uh, events of uh, uh, the Captain America movie. And basically, Natasha is a fugitive uh, because of the Sokovia Accords. Um, uh, Thaddeus Ross is in this uh, for a hot minute, you know, first seen in, in phase one Hulk with Edward Norton. Uh, so he's sicking uh, Taskmaster on her. Uh, Taskmaster, kind of the departure from the comics, is female. Um, but they do a really, really good job of having her mimic fighting styles of, like Captain America and. Uh, I think she does uh, Black Panther in this. I can't can't remember. Anyway, so she fights Natasha. Um, I've only ever seen any of these once, and I'm trying to burn through them really quickly. But then afterwards, somehow Yelena shows up, and uh, you know her and uh, uh, Natasha like rekindle their their sisterliness. Right, and, and talk about how cool Yelena's vest is. Um, uh, Yelena's vest is uh, featured in uh, Endgame, which is a kind of cool, uh, you know, kind of strip mining the the future to set up stuff in the past. I don't know. Anyway, it was it was a cool thing that they brought around. Um, they end up getting the band back together. You know, they go visit the mom, Black Widow. David Harbor is actually in prison at this time they break him out and they all kind of go off to fight uh the red room which is the red room is who trains the um all female black widow uh, assassins um they so all yes slightly different a lot less anal beads okay. uh anyway um so taskmaster and black widow fight she like there's something with um uh, like a uh some pheromone there's a pheromone plot plot line and uh i black widow like at one point breaks her own nose to like yes like kill her olfactory nerve or something like that and that lets her that leads her beat taskmaster but they find out the taskmaster since she's being controlled by yeah she should just got covid by um the red room they don't want to kill her because she's not really a bad lady so they just lock her in a cell which sets up her coming back later i um, in Thunderfolts or whatnot. Um, so they take out the Red Room. Uh, she leaves at the end of the movie, post credit scene. Um, uh, Valentina, uh, who's kind of like this, we're talking about DC earlier. She's the Amanda Waller, right? So she sets up Task Force X, except it'll be called the Thunderbolts. So she tells that um, uh, Yelena, who really is responsible for killing um, Black Widow and 
they don't say who, but we'll find out later that she told her that it was Hawkeye. Uh, so again, this, Wait, so Scarjo dies. Scarjo doesn't die in this movie. She died in Endgame. She sacrificed herself to get the Soul Stone so that everyone else could be brought back except except her. Um, which kind of leads us into where are people in this kind of at the end of Phase Four? Uh, Black Widow dead, very dead. Uh, Yelena, um, and we'll talk about Yelena some more because she's going to show up in in Hawkeye. Uh, she is kind of kind of set up to be a Black Widow analog. She is not, um, you know, what I would uh, say a villain uh, by any stretch of the uh, imagination. We know she's going to be in Thunderbolts. It also seems like they're going to make a, an Avengers 2.0 at some point, and she would be the Black Widow character. Uh, David Harbour, uh, so he's uh, the Red Guardian in this. He's going to be set again coming back in Thunderbolts. Um, Taskmaster. People really got a hard on for David Harbour. Yeah, uh, his movie Violent Night is out now, so I'm hoping to find a way to stream it. Um, Taskmaster, again, locked in the cell. Looks like she's going to come back in Thunderbolts. Uh, Thaddeus Ross exists. One of the things that, uh, that happens to Thaddeus Ross in the uh, comics is he becomes the Rulk, the Red Hulk. Uh, so that is a possibility of something that uh, may happen in in the future with his character. So this completes. Um, Thunderbolt sounds like a movie of Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol's movie Thunderbolt, is it not? Yeah, no. Thunderbolts is the Suicide Squad, but Marvel's version. Oh. So it's all villains coming together to do good things. Oh. Okay. So it's like it's like an anti thing and this this phase if anything really sets the stage for having thunderbolts and also this sets the stage for um young avengers because it found you find out throughout the infinity saga everyone was fucking because everybody has a kid um well, except black widow because she's dead anyway so uh that completes you know the pre-end game stuff so now we're gonna go to things that are sort of outside um the marvel universe and we're gonna start with werewolf by night which was the halloween special this was oh, fucking great was this good. was awesome it includes one of my all-time uh favorite characters uh ever which is a uh, swamp thing so swamp thing was in this and that uh oh wait excuse me swamp thing is dc man thing man thing is marvel clues man thing which is basically swamp thing um it's a it's a golem anyway so this we i'm not even 100 sure when this is supposed to be set was really hard like in the you know like 95 96 in the black you and know, white times anything uh yeah it was done in in black and white except uh kind of like sin city-esque they had like a a stone that was, uh, you know, red and stuff, and uh, had some just really fun, cool fight scenes, and it like, you know, very monstery uh, feel stuff in it. So basically, what happens is there's this experienced monster hunter named Ulysses Bloodstone, and he dies, and he has um, a the, the thing called the Bloodstone, right? That he uses, and the Bloodstone, what it can do is it can just like fucking kill uh, monsters. So to pass off who find gets the uh, the um, bloodstone next, they assemble like all these monster hunters to kind of duke it out tournament style to figure out who gets to have the bloodstone. So they have um, uh, Jack Russell, um, uh, Versusia, uh, 
Uh, who else is in here? I don't know. His daughter, we find out later. Anyway, so they they let them all in in this maze, and we find out that um, the only reason that Jack Russell is is there is because he was coming in to free a monster that they captured, who's Man Thing, um, that they call Ted in here, which is kind of kind of funny. Now, Jack Russell is werewolf by night. Um, one of the things that's interesting about him is he is on the uh, the team called the Midnight Suns, and they're starting to bring in some of these characters. So you kind of wonder, like, are they also uh, setting up Midnight Suns? Because some of the post-credit scenes that they have in the film set up Blade. We know that Blade is coming back. So Werewolf by Night, Blade, uh, Sony. Is that a vampire movie? That is. They're going to do it again. They're rebooting it with, oh, so without Wesley Snipes because Wesley Snipes doesn't like to open his eyes. I know this now. Yeah, 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 that's the whole thing. They CGI'd his eyes in Blade Trinity or two or something. Anyway, um, they also, uh, you know, in the Marvel TV shows, they've, they've got Ghost Rider. We, there's been a lot of rumor about Ghost Rider coming back. There was some rumor about Nick Cage, show. Ghost Rider, coming back. No, that's Ghost Writer with a W. We're talking about Ghost Rider Ghost with an Rider R. That was a great show. That was a good show. Negative Ghost Rider. Uh, <laughs> they also um, have, uh, over on the Sony side, they did just come out with its Morbin time. So Morbius is sort of in the mix. We'll talk about the integration of the Sony Venomverse um, a little bit later. And then who else was I going to say before you? I was so... Uh, before you were so moving around. <laughs> yeah, I was just fucking with you. Uh, there's someone else on Midnight Suns. I'll, I'll think of it later. But anyway, um, so Man-Thing is, is another person that could be kind of tied to that as being a compatriot of uh, Jack Russell there. So are, if this takes place in the current timeline, that's another thing to look for is whether or not we're going to get a Midnight Suns uh, show or movie, or something, right? Well, anyway, so as they fight through this uh, maze, um, they uh, uh, he teams up with uh, with Elsa, who's another of the hunters. Elsa, yeah, which we find out later is um, is his Bloodstone's daughter. Um, they manage to blow a hole in the place to let Ted flee into the jungle. Um, they kill the other hunters, but then um, Ver Versusa, which is uh, the widow, captures Russell and Elsa, and she places them in a cage. And he's like, fuck, the moon's going to come out. I'm going to turn into a werewolf. And he's like, hey, like, get your scent all over me. Um, so I, I know you're a friend. He turns into a rare werewolf. He fucking kills everybody, um, but then she's able to like you know be like no no good puppy I, I smell nice and he doesn't kill her. Then he uh, um, he's about to get um, like she leaves he leaves he flees out into the woods and then uh, Versusa who didn't kill is about to shoot Elsa and then Ted shows up and fucking burns her to a crisp um, and then at the end we get um, Ted and. And Russell, uh, you know, after after waking up, you know, with no pants, because that's what what happens when you're a werewolf, uh, you know, uh, hanging out. So again, this movie was fantastic. I'd give this a solid nine. What do you think? This wasn't a movie. Special. 
was a series, wasn't it? No, it was a special. There's just one. Yeah. 53 minutes of good I really, really, really enjoyed the cinematography of things like this. Yeah, this was this was great. Who directed this? This was directed uh, by Michael Giacchino. Um, this was fantastic. This was a lot different than the other Marvel offer, offerings. It was really fun. Uh, again, we just don't know where it fits in so much. So it's hard to say like when, when we would see these characters next, uh, you know, if ever. Um, but the most likely thing is if they, they try to set up uh, some kind of midnight sun, the sun's thing, which is possible. We also might see these characters come back in the blade movie, um, which seems also possible. And I've heard the blade movie is set in the past. So this might be in the past. As well, yeah, it really does. It's shot that way, but we're not—we're just not a hundred hundred percent. So that brings us to also existing outside of the Endgame timeline is Loki. Now Loki follows the so when they do the time heist, they go back. Um, Can I for a second? Yes. Is that your interjection? Yes, Loki's my favorite. Loki is Caitlin's favorite. Until we start talking about something else, and then she'll say that no, that's I like her favorite. I like Vision a lot, but Loki, not my, not the character of the show. I like the humor. Yeah, this uh, sarcasm. This was a great, a great one. So what what happens is uh, during the course of the Endgame time heist, Loki steals the Tesseract, right? And then that basically because he dies in Endgame. Uh, killed by Thanos, but this version is is still alive and has the Tesseract, and he 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 pieces out. Tom like the Matt Smith of this. Like he's not attractive in life, but he plays attractive like characters because he's got so much charisma and machismo. Like he's attractive. Not like in the way Matt Smith is attractive. Okay, we'll we'll go with that. So. What happens is when this Loki goes and he's a variant uh, to run around, he is captured by the TVA. Now, the TVA is the Time Variance Authority. What what this um, uh, show does is it sets up the idea of the multiverse. It also s- introduces us to, to Kang the Con- Conqueror, or as in this show calls him, uh, he who that remains. Um, and it also you know, apart from like setting up the multiverse and, and realizing that variant timelines are, are kind of dangerous. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't do a whole lot other than like be a really, really fun uh, show. And since it's outside of the current continuity, it allows them to bring in all sorts of other things. So one of the things, anytime they make a character for the MCU, uh, they didn't make, all the other variations that exist in comics, you know, like uh, Loki has been around a long time. There's been a lot of different, you know, portrayals of him and things like that. This actually let them introduce variants and bring in several different Lokis. What the I main liked about one it was that I didn't feel like you had to know all the shit that you know to enjoy it. Caitlin was uh, love the pretty colors. Uh, <laughs> such a dick. So they bring in the different Lokis, and this is great because uh, the main villain of this. 
uh, turns out to not be who they think it is. Um, it's Lady Loki. So we have uh, we have uh, female Loki. They call her Sylvie in, in the show. We have um, the kind of classic comics Loki, who's sort of like the old Loki. We have kid Loki. We have president Loki. And probably the best of all... Gator Loki. Crocodile Loki. Um, I actually, uh, after, after watching this, I was so excited that I bought on Etsy a uh, taxidermied small crocodile. Much so to I my could... chagrin, because I do not agree with the farming of tiny crocodiles. You've tax... never been to Florida. They just, there's tiny crocodiles everywhere. They're there's a nuisance. dogs everywhere too, Paul. <laughs> I don't agree with it. It's cute, but I don't agree. Anyway, I plan to 3D print him Loki horns. I've still never got around to it. But anyway, I, I have my own crocodile yeah, Loki. Right. Um, the other character that's the, the main one in this one is uh, Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. Uh, played by Owen Wilson, and it's sort of like oh, a, I liked him. yeah, it's sort of like a buddy cop movie with uh, Loki and Mobius trying to 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 figure out what is really going on and everything. Now we have some other characters in here. We have uh, uh, Ravana Renslayer, who turns out to to kind of be bad. She's sort of like. The, she's not the main person of the TVA, but she's like the judge, so she's really, really high up. We also have Hunter B-15. Um, I'm kind of throwing out the characters that might just come back uh, later, and she uh, she's originally like going after them and then turns out to help them um, in the end. Uh, we also... Uh, have a lot of Easter eggs because when they, they end up going to um, the, he who remains is like, forget what they call it. It's like the void or something. He lives in the Citadel at the end of time, but he has this monster that guards like everything. And when the variants are like captured or killed or zapped with the zappy thing, they go to this place. Um, I think it's the void anyway. So in the void, we get to see like the Thanos copter for a hot minute. We also get to see Throg. That is Thor as if Thor was a frog. So there's just a lot of really fun stuff that, that happened with this. Now, when they go and they meet um, uh, He Remains at the end, end of time, uh, Sylvie is like, we got to kill him. And Loki's like, no. And then the two like Lokis are like, we should make out really quick. So they do that, and then she kills He Who Remains. Um, and what that does is it unleashes uh, uh, alternate timelines that the TVA can't, they call them like prune. They can't like stop them. And then Loki goes back to warn Mobius and B-15 about like basically they just unleashed a bunch of Kang variants, but they don't know who the fuck he is. And that's where it ends and we're going to be um, treated to a Loki season two. Now, what I imagine that they're going to be doing with Loki season two is basically setting up Kang and, you know, is what he'll need to do is go around and probably kill his, his variants and kind of prune universes and somehow make himself more, more powerful by doing that. Um, and that'll probably be what that show is, a, show is about. Uh, we don't know how these characters will factor into Phase Five. Um, we don't know if uh, this Loki will ever kind of rejoin the MCU, so we get another like Thor Loki scene because they both have some, you know, uh, some sadness 
about missing each other. One of the things that's uh, uh, that was very fun uh, is they brought back Jamie Alexander to to play uh, Lady Sif for to just punch Loki over and over again in the loop that they stuck him in. And they also who voiced Throg? Love. I don't remember. Chris Hemsworth. Ah. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. Now. Something that this establishes, which is interesting, because we'll see this with uh, the, the Spider-Man No Way Home, too, is you can have variants that look exactly the same, right? They look exactly the same. Like in this, you know, there's Loki um, from, you know, a couple uh, uh, different timelines that are, he's just still Tom Hiddleston, right? President Loki is just Tom Hiddleston. Um, but then we have, you know, all these other uh loki variants which are like hey i am a freaking crocodile right i am uh old i am young these these different things so that's uh something that'll be interesting to see what they do with going forward because like in the doctor strange movie all steven strange's look exactly the same but like spider-man's like look, look different so where they're fleeing when everybody has to be a Harry. Oh, when everyone has to Instead work. Instead of Harry turning into someone, one other person. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. That's when Hedwig dies. No, well, that is that. Wait, Hedwig dies? The owl? I don't remember that yeah. part. I blocked it out on purpose. Don't tell me again. So now the other, the last thing that we'll consider that is outside of the endgame continuity. As we're, as we're calling it, is the What If series. Now, the reason I have to talk about the What If series is because they actually bring characters into um, the Marvel uh, show, most notably in Doctor Strange, so that's kind of why we're going. And it gives us some hints on, on what they might be uh, doing later. So I'm going to just go through these really, really quickly. Um, the first one that we have is we have what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? So basically, instead of uh, Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, what if Peggy Carter did? Um, the reason I bring this up... The original Wonder Woman? No. Wonder Woman is DC. Wonder Peggy Carter. It, it, Captain America was like girlfriend. He was going to dance with her. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, really. The first thing. Anyway. Uh, she have black hair? <laughs> Yes, sort of. I'm just curious. Brown hair. What? This is a cartoon that we're talking about right now. Whatever, the cartoons have hair color. Yes, she has hair. Of that, I am certain. Um, teeth getting you shit sometimes. <laughs> so why this one is important is when we get to Multiverse of Madness, they do uh, they do a thing where they introduce the Illuminati, and when they do that they have, instead of Captain America, Steve Rogers, they have Captain Carter, Peggy Carter. So this was pulled oh, out of what if. Hmm. Because Wonder Woman was played by Linda Carter. Oh, okay. That, that makes a ton of sense. Yes. Um, the second episode was called what if T'Challa, T'Challa became um, Star-Lord. And this is, this is one of those things where it was, it, it was it was really cool to see uh, because Chadwick. This was like the last thing that Chadwick Boseman did, so he voiced T'Challa in this. So it was it was really cool to see. Um, they like have some cool fight scenes. He's a way better Star Lord than Star Lord. Just, just throwing that out there. Uh, they fight the Collector. 
Well, just in in terms of not like a better actor than than Chris Pratt or anything, but just like his Star Lord like defeats Thanos. Like Endgame would have never even had to happen because T'Challa was so good at Star Lording. And at the very end, um, we we see Ego. Are you saying Chris Pratt's a loser? No, but we he, he, well, he did live in a pit. Uh... <laughs> Through line of all our podcasts. <laughs> um, so Ego uh, uh, at the end of this uh, approaches um, uh, Quill, and he's like a Dairy Queen janitor, which I thought was funny. Um, we then have. Uh, what if uh, the world lost its mightiest Avengers? So basically, um, uh, Romanoff, Tony Stark, Hawkeye, Thor, Banner, they're all killed. So they have to assemble, assemble like different uh, Avengers, basically. So, you know, they get like Hope Van Dyne. And all that, like, there's not a good one. When I there. say Natasha Romanoff or Black Widow, you do know that she's a woman, right? Oh, I stopped listening. Yeah, I don't know why you're going on this like crazy feminism thing. Um, and it's fine, but like, I am like, oh, okay, well, this time I, I'll, I'll admit it, I misinterpreted. Okay, yeah, so phase one Avengers, they all die. That was the premise of this one. So they establish, they get different ones, they get. Hope Van Dyne, who is a woman, a woman. They get uh, fucking Carol Danvers, who is a woman. Um, I think they get Loki to help. Anyway, anyway, so that so that was an episode. Then they have uh, another one that sort of sets stuff up, which is what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And so what happens is uh, his girlfriend Christine Palmer dies in in the car crash instead of him hurting his hands, and he ends up he goes to Comertage and you know he he like is basically wanting to try to um, change the universe so that she could she could say uh, save him, but that ends up like him like learning. Uh, bad magic and uh, using the power of the dark dimension. And he has to, he, uh, he has to like fight himself and he is like evil strange. At one point we see evil strange in multiverse of madness. That's why I would talk about that one. Um, what if zombies, they basically do the Marvel uh, zombies as a, what if this is apparently going to spin off into its oh, own. Yes, but that's a that's a board game. Um, so I, there's a Kickstarter. I like miniatures. Uh, that's Marvel Zombies, and I, I'm getting a lot of them. There's a Galactus one. It's like giant. It's bigger than Mickey. Anyway, so this is just like everybody in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, they have like a cured Scott Lang's head in a jar. Um, all, all all sorts of. All sorts of stuff. Uh, this is, is, they pull a lot of, I think there's five or six of the Marvel Zombie comic runs. They pull a lot of different stuff off of this. It's going to set up a show. Doesn't really tie in to anything of note, except um, a character that plays a huge, very important role in the Marvel Zombies is Sentry. Now, Sentry is rumored to be the villain of Thunderbolts. So when they do this zombies uh, TV show cartoon thing or whatever they're going to do, um, I'd expect to, to see Sentry get set up with in that. 
Uh, sixth episode is what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Uh, so when, you know, uh, he's in the 10 rings area, uh, you know, being held prisoner, uh, Killmonger is actually uh, a, uh, a soldier and ends up saving him um, and actually exposes like Obadiah Stane. Uh, and so then yeah, uh, the iron monger, which is funny because you know, kill monger, iron monger, it's the monger versus monger. Uh, so they throw that up. The only thing of note in this one is again, they have Thaddeus Ross. So I feel like they're, they're trying to get some of these other characters to like, just, you know, like re drip expose them to you. Like, Hey, remember Thunderbolt Ross? He's a guy. Remember him. Remember he exists. Uh, what if Thor was only a child? So kind of going with the, the kid Loki thing. Um, they, they're doing a, a kid Thor thing. Uh, apart from having, uh, you know, Korg in here for some comic relief and uh, having fucking Seth Green show up as Howard the Duck, not, not a lot of... Um, anything going on in this one. I guess uh, they do have, uh, speaking of drip exposure, Natalie Portman is Jane Foster in this one, so this reminds us that uh, that she exists because she's going to be the mighty Thor in uh, Thor Love and Thunder um, a little bit later in the phase. We have the eighth episode, which is What If Ultron won? Uh, which this, this one was kind of strange because it's just like, um, Ultron wins, right? And they have a whole episode about that. And then the, this whole what if thing is kind of narrated and shown to us by the Watcher. So, that the, not Netflix Watcher. No, no, the Watcher is this big, like, picture a big bobblehead that's just watches all the multiverses. So you're yeah, me. Yeah, I'm the Watcher. Anyway, at the end of this, he flees to the Strange Supremes, like, collapsed universe to ask him for help uh, to fight Ultron so Ultron doesn't conquer the uh, the multiverse. So kind of setting up, you know, Strange Supreme as a concept. Um, and then the last one we have, what if the Watcher broke his oath? So the Watcher's oath is that he watches everything, but he can never uh, interfere. So in this one... Uh, the Watcher goes and brings um, all the kind of heroes from before. So Strange Supreme, Captain Carter, T'Challa Star-Lord, um, the Party Thor, Black Panther Killmonger, uh, a version of Gamora that killed Thanos. And he's like, you are the guardians of the multiverse. Um, and then they go and, and they they fight the, uh, did they fight the Ultrons? Yeah. Yeah, they fight the uh, the Ultrons after the Ultrons and so install like Zola to uh, run everything. Um, at the end of this, we get a mid credit scene and we get uh, um, we get Carter and Black Widow from her universe discover that the the Hydra Stomper are armor and somebody's in it. Um, uh, also, note in this one is they have George Saint Pierre as Botrock. I used to really like him. Yeah, yeah, so he's in this, and that's important because he will show up in um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Falcon Winter Soldier, and he's pretty good on that. In that, there's going to be a season two of this. 
Uh, and we know that the first episode of it is going to be what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper. So they're kind of, you know, bringing it in the what if thing. They're making their own continuity. Like it's, it's, it, it ties together all these different little things. But some of these things are bleeding into the, the live action stuff. So this brings us now to the first thing to kick off. Uh, what happens after Endgame? Caitlin, what was Endgame? Do you remember? Oh, we watched it upstairs in the theater room and I fell asleep. Okay. So when a it, bunch of Marvel people got together and tried to defeat Thanos, who has all the pretty jewels, and they didn't really accomplish that. And I agree with Thanos that like 50 to 10 people should have died, um, as long as I got to choose who the 50 were, but I didn't. And then it was kind of sad because I think Tony Stark dies, and I like him. Because Robert Downey Jr. is hot. Fair. And then it was over. Okay. So, yeah. So, basically, in Infinity War, half of everyone died when they lost to Thanos. Endgame, they undo all of that. And the pieces that are removed from the table is Black Widow dies getting the Soul Stone, so she never comes back. Tony Stark dies killing Thanos, so he is dead. And Captain America is like, hey... I don't. I'm gonna go back and live in the past. Oh, that's right. He wants to go live with his lady. Yeah, and he gives his shield to who? Spider-Man. <laughs> he gives a shield to the Falcon, even though Bucky was his longest time friend. But Bucky has a stupid name. Yeah, and that sets up uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Doesn't now, that sad happen between Elizabeth Olsen and Doctor Strange. Doesn't he like? Isn't that by Doctor Strange? Do you mean Vision? Paul yeah, Bettany. Happen, yes, is actually dead because Vision is also dead. Um, that's the only reason I know that because I and that's when we're going to get into this because WandaVision is the next thing we're going to talk sad. about. How, how does Vision die? Uh, Thanos ripped the jewel out of his head. That blue one, yeah, it's kind of orange. The Mind Stone, is it? Yeah, and she cries and stuff, right? Yeah, she, she, this is a great segue into this. She gets so sad about it. She goes to where they're holding the, the Vision's robot corpse. She oh, steals right. it. She drags it into some town, and she uses her magic powers to take over the whole town and act like it's a sitcom from the 1950s. I would do that for drafts. Yeah. So this is, this is the premise of WandaVision. So Vision is dead. Was that really the one that you're on next? Yeah. Wanda's... Oh, I'm amazing. Yeah, Wanda's mind kind of snaps, and she creates uh, a, a place where they can be alive. We find out it's kind of a, her response to trauma, because her and Quicksilver, when they were kids and they're getting bombed and everything, uh, they, they would just watch old American uh, sitcoms. So each show, for the most part, is set um, after a, a different style of sitcom. So we start the first one. It's like a 1950s, like I Love Lucy uh, so type thing. And it just kind of sets up the premise. Um, we do also meet uh, her neighbor, neighbor, Agatha Harkness, who turns out to be an evil witch, uh, Agatha Harkness, um, who has a Anybody bunny. Agatha is a witch. Yeah. Remember, and he witched. Her mom's name is Agatha, and she's a witch too. Wasn't No, her mom's name was Andorra. Oh, so yeah. close. Sorry. 
Um, <laughs> you can't out bewitched me. Um, the other, the other thing that uh, that they they kind of uh, did with this that was great was Agatha Harkness. She has a, a bunny. I can't remember its name. It's like Mister Fluffy or something like that. They were gonna have him be like a demon that they were all gonna battle at the end, but they they just can work it in as well. The other thing that they do in WandaVision is each thing they do, they have a um, uh, a commercial, and some of these commercials tie in like really really well to some of the other stuff. Uh, so this first episode, uh, they do a Stark Industries Toastmate 2000 toaster is the commercial. So now. Um, basically we go to like, the, yeah. Um, and you, I didn't really give a fuck about Wanda or anything for vision throughout the whole Avengers, everything until I watched this show and I really liked it. And so you don't really have to give a shit beforehand to like this one. Just yeah. So you know. This one was just a lot of fun, especially if you liked old TV. So yes. like, like I said, we started if in that kind of, yeah, that 1950s one. So each show they kind of move it up a decade so now the next one is 1960s so we're we're uh you know still in that type of thing we get at the end of this episode it changes to color um the commercial in this one is an advertisement for strucker watches and basically we're still we're not really uh, throughout throughout these first like maybe three-ish episodes we're not understanding like what's going on. They're just kind of living their life out, but she's going to have babies. And that's what happens in episode three. Um, she gives a uh, birth like off screen, of course, to twins, Billy and Tommy. Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so Billy and Tommy um, are, are her kids. Now, again, they, she, conjured them they've never really existed but i didn't know that i like throughout this whole thing i thought it was real yeah like, i didn't know that she really like i i just believed it all i liked it we also get like so we have jimmy woo is trying to figure this out we also get um an agent of sword monica rambeau who is uh gonna actually push her way through the barrier later and get powers as a result she'll become a spectrum i think anyway uh we have um dr darcy lewis uh previously from like thor kind of is is the buddy with uh with jimmy woo so it's kind of kind of fun to see them um through this we get the you know the next episode which is like the 1980s one uh the kids like age now all of a sudden like the kids are 10 uh we go to the next episode they take them trick-or-treating and we're we're starting to find out that you know in the real world vision is dead what's going on here they're getting little breakthroughs um i forgot about the uh the commercials but anyway we, we still get these uh, <laughs> commercials the one on this one is for yo magic yogurt um we are revealed in the seventh episode that agatha harkness is actually uh, a manipulative uh, witch, and she's uh, she's kind of exploiting um, this uh, this situation. Sparky is the name of the bunny, by the way. Uh, we get episode eight is the backstory of Agatha Har Harkness and finding out that she has what's called uh, chaos magic, 
and um, they basically there's this this thing called the dark hold, which uh, is going to let let someone become basically the Scarlet Witch, and we know of course that will end up being Wanda. Uh, the last episode they have a big battle. Um, they brought back uh, Wanda's brother uh, um, Quicksilver, oh, yeah. but what was interesting is instead of bringing back Quicksilver that's what's his name Aaron Thomas something or other I'm not I'm not good with with uh, names but the one that played him in the MCU they brought back uh, the one that played him Evan whatever in the uh, 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 Evan Peters uh, in the X-Men universe so it was just it was kind of an interesting like side uh, nod Evan, Evan Peters Yes, he Evan Peterson's guy that plays all the serial killers in um, American Horror Story. Also, watch Dahmer because super awesome. Yeah, he was also John Dahmer. Him. It it, it scared Paul though. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was was disturbing. I I was disturbed by the whole thing. At the end of this, we also get you know we get um, uh, get get that the uh, scrolls are still involved. In, in everything. I'm trying to remember what, what they say happened. Uh, Hayward is arrested while Rambo is informed by a scrawl that a friend of her mother's wants to meet. So she has to go to space, right? And then we also get that um, Wanda is using the dark hold and she's like in an astral form and she's looking for uh, her kids. Um, so it's interesting a way to kind of set up because they're, they're going to use wanda here in a bit as the villain of uh the doctor strange movie it sounds all dark and serious but there's a lot of fun in it well this whole thing was fun oh we also i forgot to mention we have white vision at at, at the end um which is the vision <laughs> which is which is the vision he's all he's all white uh that is uh basically he doesn't have the mind stone and the two visions kind of merge and um, they have a whole ship uh, Theseus conversation. Anyway, so in this Scarlet Witch, at the end, we know that she is looking for her children uh, that don't really exist, but in other universes, because in the multiverse, she does have these these children, and she wants to get them. So that's where we have her, which is going to set, set up the Doctor Strange movie. We have Vision, who kind of merges with, with fake vision and then fucks off and we don't know what's going to happen to him where he's going to show up now we have agatha harkness who uh she played really well yeah she she's great that's Catherine han han or whatever yep yep yep. she was a lot of fun oh that's another christmas movie we should watch yeah she is going to be uh they're going to do an agatha um series so she's going to be in that uh monica rambeau um, is going to show up next in the Marvels. Uh, and again, she has powers now. Uh, Jimmy Woo does his Jimmy Woo thing. We expect him to show up in Quantumania. Um, they reveal that uh, uh, Evan Peters was was just like an, an actor. Um, Aaron oh, Taylor I'm Johnson was... Yeah, but in... I know, I'm you. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, so... You love me. Thanks. Yeah. So, so we see so he was in it. He's and you kind of you're like, what? What the heck? 
you know, why didn't they use Aaron Taylor Johnson? Uh, maybe he was filming, filming Bullet Train at the time. I'm, I'm not sure. So WandaVision, uh, really good. We, in, we enjoyed that one a lot. Um, that moves us into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I would say was the least good of the Marvel TV series. So basically what we have is we have, you know, Falcon has been given um, the, the shield, right? Um, he briefly battles George St. Pierre. Um, and then he's like, you know, I don't think I'm worthy of being Captain America. So he gives the shield to the government, right? Um, we find out that Bucky has been pardoned and he's going to government mandated therapy and trying to make a rent men's with like kind of people on his list. Right. Um, the government decides, well, we have to have a captain America. So we're going to give it to John Walker, John Walker, of course, being uh, who will be U S agent also end up on the Thunderbolts. Right. So we, we set in motion this whole thing, there's this group called the Flag Smashers, and there's new super serum, uh, soldier serum, right? And we're trying to, they're trying to kind of steal that. We're trying to stop them. Uh, Barnes and Wilson uh, basically end up having to work together, and they break out uh, Helmet to Zero, who does a little sexy dance once they get to Madripoor, right? Uh, we got Sharon Carter in this. Sharon Carter turns out to be uh, the power broker. Um, through things happening, uh, U.S. agent gets uh, super serum, uh, super soaker serum, super soldier uh, serum. Um, Wakandans try to to capture um, Baron Zemo because he killed T'Chaka. Uh, we find out that the Dora Milaje. T'Challa. No, T'Chaka. T'Challa's dad. Uh, uh, we find out that uh, they built a failsafe into Bucky's arm so they can just take it off of him. <laughs> it's just pretty fucked up. Uh, Valentina shows back up in this one. Uh, again, she's kind of like the Amanda Waller. Um, uh, we get a scene where U.S. agent uh, uses the shield to smash someone's head in pretty violently. Uh, which was kind of the first thing I've, I've seen on uh, uh, Disney Plus, where I was like, "Damn, Disney!" But since then, I've watched Deadpool on Disney Plus, and you know, talk about Freddy Krueger, you know, fucking a topographical map of Utah, so uh, nothing faces me anymore. Um, and then at, at the end, uh, you know, Valentina pitches to to U.S. Agent that that we could. Uh, we could use use your help, basically. This is, uh, I don't know. George St. Pierre is great. I love him. But the fact that we already saw, like, other, you know, uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, kick his ass in, like, 13 seconds, using him as, like, the, like, oh, Bucky has to get there. Bucky. Uh, <laughs> Sam has to get to the level where he could beat, uh, you know, George St. Pierre. It's just kind of a, a weird thing. Um, they do this sort of... Like you're kind of on board with the flag smashers until they start just blowing up children for no reason. We also get introduced at one point uh, to um, uh, Isaiah Bradley, who's another super soldier. He's like uh, a, a Captain America from from the past. Um, 
and yeah, we get we got a lot of banter between Bucky and Sam. That's uh, that's fun. Uh, but this is just a very forgettable kind of action set piece thing. Uh, I don't know that it really furthers the plot for anybody, except we learned that Bucky's arm can be taken off pretty easily if you know what you're doing. And being as in the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, Nebula steals Bucky's arm and gives it to Rocket. I guess that was something that we needed to know. Um, so yeah, that was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You didn't even watch any of these, as I recall. But she got her AirPods in. She was like, yeah, you're at the boring part. So now the next one is going to be Shang-Chi. This one was a ton of fucking fun. Um, so uh, it has... Uh, I'm bad. I'm 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 hard with names. Simeo Lu, I think, is his name, and uh, him and Aquafina are are kind of the main main uh, characters in this. They are a hilarious couple couple of characters. Uh, we find out that the ten ten rings, not the ten rings organization that had the Mandarin, but there's actually ten rings. So Shang Chi's dad has these rings that go on his uh, his uh, arm bits that he can like use as kind of like magic whips. Um, and we also learned that he, he trained Shang-Chi, his kid, to be like the, the, the most martial artsy martial artist who ever martial arted, which is interesting because one of the things that we know is we're bringing back like the street level. You know, we brought back Daredevil. We brought back Daredevil to fuck She-Hulk. But that means that uh, Iron Fist luke cage you know they're theoretically in the mix uh, of marvel again so uh I, I like that they're like you know what daniel ran not a good martial artist <laughs> fuck him shang chi is the best god of kung fu uh so anyway we have really good fight scenes in this one of the fights that that we have that we weren't expecting because wong fights the tim roth abomination uh, again, you know, like with bringing in Thaddeus Ross, now we got Tim Roth back. We're, we're showing that we're leaning into that uh, Edward Norton Hulk movie. Um, uh, so then the uh, the next thing that kind of kind of happens is we get all the characters together to to go like Shang Chi now has to go after his father. They have to do this in this this magical uh, land that his mother was from, and they they go to to get it and they find out who the fuck is there but trevor the fake mandarin and he has a, a little friend a little guy named harold or whatever um so they break in in into there um and then shang chi's dad breaks in to fight them and they have a, a ring battle where he like steals the rings and there's a like some dragons that that fight there one of them's like called the dweller in the darkness um and he has to like get the other dragon who's like the great protector and they dragon battle um it's very bizarre uh at the end uh wong opens a portal to Kamertage and summons aquafina and shang tree through it uh, so that's where they are at the end. And then we also have a med credit scene uh, where Wong introduces uh, Shang-Chi and Aquafina to Bruce Banner and uh, Carol Danvers. And Bruce Banner is no longer in Hulk form. So we're like, hmm, what, what, what the fuck 
happened there. So that's a little, little setup for there. This is one of those, it was a great movie. It was a lot of fun, but it's your typical or, origin story movie with like kind of cookie cutter and battle thing. That's like, eh, you know, this was fun to look at, but it's not overly great. Uh, Shang Chi again, with Wong at the end of this, we see Wong show up in some things later and we're not, we're, I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's still at Comitage or not. Uh, Katie is theoretically there, there with him. Um, and no one else from this, I guess, you know, Trevor uh, is, is there at the end, end of it. It's good to see Ben Kingsley just, just, floating around. I don't know that we will see him uh, much more. From Shang-Chi, uh, we go into the Eternals. Now, this is this is one that it's 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 weird because it didn't feel like it fit in. It just felt it felt out of place for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it, just in a lot of ways. It just didn't really really feel Right, but we've got this movie. It starts uh, in 5000 BC, and we we're gonna just right off the bat introduce ten fucking Eternals. Um, just because I have it up, it's Ajax, Cersei, Icarus, Kingo, Sprite, Fastos, Makari, Droog, Gilgamesh, Thana, and they're sent uh, by a Celestial to Earth uh, on a, on a. Uh, starship to to fight the deviants. And now, in the in this movie, we we get a lot of uh, experimenting with kind of kind of relationships, both between the Eternals and between the Eternals and humans. Uh, we have um, Cersei's partner was partnered with Icarus, and he left her like a long time ago, and she got in a relationship with Dane Whitman, uh, played by Kit Harrington. So that's that's kind of a part of this. Um, it, it, we're we're learning that the deviants are are sent to destroy like the apex predators of each uh, planet to kind of prepare the the planet to, to get fucked, basically. Um, the, the earth has reached like basically the, the population that it needs to be at. So this, um, celestial Tiamat can, can come out and destroy the earth basically. So that's, that's sort of what's going on. And the internals kind of have to assemble and, and, and get together so they can, uh, fight, stop Tiamat rising out of the ocean and fucking killing everybody. But, uh, what happens is uh, Icarus um, flies into the sun, right? No, he's the uh, he's the uh, the bad guy. He's kind of like a, a, a Superman character. He basically solos the rest of the group. They try to stop him, but but he he can't. The only thing that stops him is he ends up like still loving Cersei, and he can't fucking kill her. Um, so he flies into the sun, right? Which theoretically kills him. Now, during all that, the Tiamat starts rising. It brings its, its celestial hand out of the ocean. So now like the ocean has a giant hand growing out of it that is never referenced in anything again until She-Hulk, where they say, why don't, uh, why aren't we talking about the giant hand coming out of the ocean? Um, Again, th this movie 
just bizarre. I don't know what it did to further anything in the, the Marvel Universe, really. Um, the, the one thing that it does is at the very end, and it, it seems like this is the only kind of kind of tie-ins we get. Uh, they're on, on the spaceship, and who shows up? Uh, but fucking Eros, which is Thanos's brother. Um, what is his name? Uh, Star Fox. Star Fox? Yeah, Star Fox uh, in the comics, whose power is that he can make people have sex with him. Seriously. He like can basically uh, be like, hey, you should have sex with me, and you would. Um, so they brought him in, and he has his assistant, fucking Patton Oswalt, who is uh, um, Pip the Troll, who's uh, just a, a great little character. So they brought them in. We might see them going forward some, somewhere. Uh, there is rumor of an internals too, but I don't, I don't know. This one didn't do super duper well. So we'll see what happens. Then at the very end, we get a post-credit scene where Kit Harrington is like, you know what I really need is a fucking sword. Where's, where's Longclaw or whatever. And he opens a case that has the ebony blade in it. Um, we'll learn more about the ebony blade later. Uh, in another movie, and an unseen person asks him if he's ready for it, and that unseen person is Blade. So, yeah, uh, this was definitely a movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4 that just just felt bizarre. I was really uh, holding out like some high hopes for this movie, because when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, well, that seems like a weird one that they're going to bring in, but no, eh, no, yeah, that worked out well. Um, so now, now we have uh, the Eternals from Eternals, which was probably the low point. <coughs> we roller coaster rocket right up our asses into the high point of Spider-Man: No Way Home, and this, you know, there was rumors that they were going to bring back Tobey Maguire and. Uh, 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 <laughs> shit, uh, Andrew Garfield um, for a long time and everyone was being really cagey about if they were in it or not um, and they're totally in it and this movie is, is great. They do the Spider-Man like three three pointing uh, meme it, it, this, this movie is, is fantastic but this movie um, coming in uh, so the plot is so uh, Mysterio at the end of the last Spider-Man uh, said, hey, Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and now as a result of everybody knowing that, um, like MJ and Ned, they aren't getting into colleges and stuff. Uh, they're actually like damage control and whatnot. I think they're they're trying to sue Peter for damages to New York. His lawyer is uh, Matt Murdock, who someone throws uh, like a brick through Peter's window, and it's about to hit like Aunt May in the face, and uh, Matt Murdock just reaches over and grabs it. And they're like, whoa, how'd you do that? And he's like, because I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> so brought back Daredevil uh, in, a, in a super fun way. Um, and what happens is, is Peter's like, I'm going to, you know, since I'm ruining my friend's lives, I'm going to go to Doctor Strange for help. And I'm going to ask that Doctor Strange cast a spell that makes everyone forget that I'm uh, Spider-Man. But he keeps like, breaking Strange's covers, uh, concentration because he's like, well, no, I need uh, Aunt May to know. I need uh, MJ to know. And I need any... Anyway, as a result, 
um, it somehow goes off in a way that it sucks in other people who know Spider-Man's identity uh, into this universe. So we get like, um, he's like on the, uh, uh, the, the highway trying to convince like this MIT uh, person to like let MJ and Ned um, go to go to the school and all of a sudden they're they're attacked by fucking Otto Octavius um, fucking the lizard is there uh, fucking Max Dillon and Flint Marco and, and the Green Goblin so they have to assemble like the Peter Avengers right the three Peters uh, to fight against this uh, kind of Sinister Six amalgamation. Now, what's what's interesting about having um, these other Spider-Mans in and being part of the, the, the multiverse, part of the, the MCU, is we actually have to consider now what happens in the other movies and those characters and like where they're going uh, to fit into the MCU and if this is actually going to bring in some other stuff. So the Spider-Man trilogy, uh, we uh, <laughs> the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, right? So the Tobey Maguire one, um, so he gets spider powers, you know, his best friends, Harry Osborn, who's going to become like another goblin, We've got like the Green Goblin, uh, Willem Dafoe's in this movie. He does great in it. Is like his main uh, bad guy that he fights in the first one, and he fights Otto Octavius in in, in the second one. Also brought into this movie, the third one, which was kind of kind of panned, uh, brought in you know the Venom Cenobite and Cenobite symbiote. I'll getting all, all fucked up. And Sandman. Sandman is, again, in this one. This version of Venom is not, but we know that the, the Venom symbiote, yeah, is is in it. Uh, and we know, oh, and we'll kind of talk about the, that when we get to the end of the movie. I don't know if you can hear all that sizzling in the background, but Kate's Kate's cooking up some some meat. So sorry, sorry if this is all sizzly-wizzly. Um, so... In, in having these these Raimi films um, exist, one, it kind of makes it so the first superhero wasn't really uh, uh, Iron Man. It was, uh, it was, it was Tobey Maguire, so it's kind of a, an interesting uh, thing to consider. But it also, bringing in the Goblin and having him do some Goblin-y stuff makes us wonder what's going to happen to Ned, because in the comics, Ned will eventually become the Hobgoblin. So now that Ned has, you know, seen some Goblin action and does not know at the end of this movie who Peter is anymore, will Ned become the Hobgoblin, and will that be something we deal with uh, later? So kind of an interesting thing. Now, on the other side of it, we have the uh, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, right? Now, the Amazing Spider uh, Spider-Man is uh, the Andrew Garfield ones, which there were two, although they were trying really hard to set up a third one with Sinister Six. Uh, but then Andrew Garfield didn't make a press tour junket, and they dropped him. It was a really weird thing. So, in in those ones, uh, the big uh, uh, the first one, he uh, 
uh, does he fight the lizard in the first one? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember how how everything uh, how everything works. So in the the first one, um, he uh, uh, he fights the lizard. Um, it's it's okay. Lizard, of course, is one of the villains in in this one, and in the second one, he of course fights uh, Jamie Jamie Fox, who's a lecturer because he forgot his birthday party or something. Um, so they're, they're brought in. Um, and then he actually, he talks about how he's never, never had, uh, you know, hasn't been to outer space, you know, like there's kind of references about how he didn't, hasn't got a third movie, um, with everything going on on the Sony side, it's possible that they might do something with him and, and a third movie. Andrew Garfield, uh, it, it's just, fantastic at, uh, at Spider-Manning. So we're, we're hoping that, that we see either more of him in the MCU or as, as Spider-Man. Now, uh, back to this movie, they, uh, they assemble the Peters, right? They, they fight, um, they fight everybody. Uh, they get everybody sent, sent back to their uh, respective universes and we uh, we find out that um, the the no one knows who who Peter is afterwards because Doctor Strange has to do do the you know thing make it work. He's gonna go talk to MJ and Ned, but he he doesn't. So Peter is uh, a lonely little pumpkin at the at the end of this movie. Um. And he makes a, a new Spider-Man suit at the end. So he also, I don't think, has uh, Stark tech anymore. So he's really gone uh, gone in a totally different direction at the end of this movie. Now, in the uh, um, end credit type, type stuff, we see that also brought over was Eddie Brock from the Venomverse. Uh, and... He leaves in that universe part of the uh, the Venom uh, symbiote. So now Venom is kind of introduced into uh, uh, the MCU. So we have that as, as a possibility of something going forward. We also find out that all Venoms, uh, the symbiotes share like consciousness. So like since one knows, all know. And that uh, it means we might, we might see some, some Venom shenanigans uh, later, now since since we have Venom, that means that we have to consider the the Venom uh, movies and the other things going on in the Sony universe. So, uh, in in uh, Sony, the Venom is is, is Tom Hardy, uh, who's now like like I said, also been in the MCU. Um, these movies are are silly, but they're they're kind of fun. Um, in the most recent one that just came out, he fought Woody Harrelson, who's uh, a serial, serial killer, Cletus Cassidy, who's Carnage. <laughs> so, so they fight each other, um, and we we kind of get like the whole like just like you know spider variations. There's a million Venom variations, and and we uh, we are seeing that you know we could get like he bring he makes shriek you know we could be seeing uh some more uh symbiotes we could even you know be working in that universe towards uh uh you know null uh, cinnabite god thing so that's a possibility 
Now, we know that they're making Craven, uh, who is another Spider-Man villain. I believe that's going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson again. So that movie's coming out. But the movie that came out uh, alongside of the Phase 4 movies is Morbius. It's Morbin time. Uh, man, is that movie uh, a piece of garbage? Um, what's interesting about this one, though, is at the end of, of this uh, movie... Uh, they have um, uh, Michael Keaton basically cameos to do two uh, end credit scenes uh, as the Vulture, um, which is which is interesting because he's uh, you know he he's you know over on the, the I mean he's from the other Spider-Man movies, but they haven't really tied these back into this, and he's basically saying like, oh my. I must be here because of Spider-Man. We should fight him. Um, so he he's looking to form a team with Morbius. So it looks like, again, they're going to try to work towards a Sinister Six, even though No Way Home did a you know Sinister Six minus one thing already with three Peters. So I don't know. Um, again, we talked about you know the Midnight Suns as a possibility and, and having Morbius sort of a existing, um, you know, makes it so that that's something that could happen. Right. Uh, the Morbius movie, like it's bad, but it's, it's a, it's so bad. It's worth watching. So just, just throw that out there. Um, the next Marvel one is Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And this, this one I was, was kind of billed as like it's going to be like the Avengers level event of the Phase Four. It's going to you know pull out all the stops. You're going to be blown away. There was some leaked scripts and some different things that that made it sound like anyone like there was talk of Wesley Snipes being Blade in it and fucking uh, Chris Evans being the Human Torch in it and like all sorts of stuff. It uh, didn't go quite that crazy. But it did. Uh, it did bring in a, a lot of uh, uh, variants and interesting things to consider in terms of characters and uh, teams and whatnot uh, for the MCU. It also is directed by Sam Raimi, and if you've seen, uh, you know, Sam Raimi's like uh, you know Evil Dead, Army of Darkness type movies, we, he brings that like kind of his horde uh, genre type stuff into this, and it's great. I liked this movie a ton. So in this one. Jeez, it's uh, so it, it starts out, um, and we immediately meet uh, America Chavez, who is someone who can basically uh, transport herself through the different um, multiverses, and she has a Doctor Strange that she's teamed with that um, is being, and they're being chased by a, a demon, and they're trying to get the book of the Vashanti, which is like the good Darkhold. Um, that strange dies, but sends her into our universe, um, followed by a, a monster, uh, Dr. Strange and Wong. And we find out that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, fight the monster and then try to figure out what's going on with her. Uh, he's like, strange is like, this monster looks really evil and, and stuff. I wonder if I, uh, who else do I know that knows about evil monsters? I'll talk to Wanda. And he goes to find out, uh, find Wanda and, and finds out that she has the dark hold and she's now kind of the Scarlet Witch and she's trying to, uh, 
find her her kids, Billy and Tommy, right after the whole Westview incident. Um, she is able to uh, basically dreamwalk to visit um, other universes using the the Darkhold, and she's basically found a universe that has uh, her in it with a, a very much alive Billy and Tommy. So her goal is to break through uh, there. Um, Strange basically says like, we're, we're not gonna let you do that. Um, we're gonna, you know, uh, destroy the dark hold and all, all that stuff. And uh, she goes and attacks Karmataj and Wong and everybody, they like, have a big wand battle um and they basically find that that they have to go through uh the multiverses to to get help so uh, strange and chavez um go to the, the universe where billy and tommy are and they're uh immediately kind of uh apprehended by that sorcerer supreme which is uh baron mordor or <laughs> mordo my bad. Um, and he brings them before the Illuminati. Now, this Illuminati is, uh, this is the best scene in the whole movie. So we we see that there's uh, Captain Carter. So like I said, from What If earlier, um, we've got um, uh, Maria uh, Rambo. We have Reed Richards. Uh, so we're finally bringing in the Fantastic Four. And that is from... Uh, the uh, uh, John Krasinski is playing him, which has always been kind of the fan cast. Now, bringing him in as the the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, you know, he's not from any of the previous, you know, Fantastic Four movies. Uh, so it doesn't really, you know, canonize them. You know, the only way you can drag them into MCU is uh, by, by the fact that they all have, you know, cameos from Stan Lee in them. Um, but it doesn't really make make those movies like part of the wider MCU in the way that the next Illuminati member, being Charles Xavier, played by Patrick Stewart, does. When they, uh, you know, float in old wheels because he's in his yellow hover chair, we now, since we have Patrick Stewart, we kind of have to consider all of the X-Men universe as kind of part of the... Uh, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, we'll we'll get to that here in a minute, and and kind of see why that, uh, what that does, and how that kind of changes the playing field, and and you know makes some interesting things. So anyway, they they basically are like, uh, our strange like, uh, basically de uh, defeated Thanos, uh, but he got all evil because he's using the dark hold, and we we had to kill him and uh, Black Bolt um, had to, had to blow him up with sound. Oh, did I mention Black Bolt? Yeah. And Black Bolt is there. Uh, so another thing. So, uh, Marvel did a Inhumans television series, which wasn't that great. Um, but this is the same actor that was Black Bolt in that. And I believe that one was already maybe canically part of the MCU. I don't recall or not, but we also have to consider, um, it, uh, as, as well as being, being something that we care about. So anyway, um, they uh, Scarlet Witch breaks in, kills all the Illuminati, Illuminati. Uh, Strange um, and uh, America Chavez escape, and it basically he he has to 
you know, go find um, the book of the Shanti, but he has to, he, he decides he's going to use, uh, maybe he can use the Darkhold. He goes to a, another universe and finds Evil Strange, kind of again from like, what if, who has like three eyes, um, and they have a, a, a fight. And what was really cool about this is they they do it like it's like a music fight. Like they use music notes and different things. They're they're doing they do a re- just really fun things with magic in this. Anyway, he's able to win. He uses uh, the dark hold to possess his the dead strange that died at the very beginning of the movie, and uses that strange's corpse, like anim- animating it like a weird zombie puppet, to go fight wanda back on the the prime uh universe and uh through him and you know wong still being there they're able to to defeat her like like you would imagine um and send wanda packing now afterwards we we get like a time jump and carmitage is repaired uh now america chavez is is learning like you know wizardry um and we find out that strange has developed a third eye as a result of using the uh the the dark hold um we get a mid-credit scene where strange is uh, um approached by uh, a sorceress who sent uh clea it's clea um and she warns him that his actions have triggered basically a, a, a multiversal like uh you know prune thing and Strange follows her into the dark dimension. So that's where Strange is at the at the end of this. Um, this this movie was was a lot of fun. It was is really good. A lot of uh, good action. Got a with set pieces pieces and whatnot. Um, at the end of this, so we have uh, Doctor Strange teamed up with uh, with Clea in the dark dimension. We have uh, Wanda kind of you know now just being a a sad little scarlet witch uh we we have all the 838 universe ones are are kind of dead they're um they're illuminati but it uh it reminds us that uh uh carl mordor still mordor mordo uh still exists and you know could be be coming out and we now have introduced America Chavez whose superpowers that she can travel multiverse. Now, uh, getting, getting to those cameos. So Patrick Stewart. So what, what that means is, you know, of course he was the, uh, professor Xavier of the first X-Men trilogy, which is, you know, X-Men X2 X-Men the last stand, which was horrible. Uh, anyway, um, that whole, Golden Gate Bridge, like you, you, you don't send it in your men and then throw the cars, Magneto. You throw the cars first. Um, Juggernaut's not a mutant, but anyway. Uh, so having him in there, um, then we also, you know, we have the the prequel films where he's not in in those, but uh, you know, we have X Men First Class, we have Days of Future Past, which ties to those movies, right? Because he's the old Professor Xavier there. And then of course, X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, which were horrible. Um, But we have all those movies. They've also made a point of uh, pointing out that Namor, or Namor, 
uh, is a mutant, and they talk about uh, mutants in the Miss Marvel um, television show. So all of these characters that that we've had, and various actresses that have, have or actors and actresses that have still shown that they might be willing to play some of these characters, uh, most notably like Halle Berry as Storm, um, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. You know, uh, these characters could show up in some iteration of our multiverse saga. So I, I would just kind of be prepared for that. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Deadpool movies uh, are, are also kind of now, we already know that Deadpool is, you know, there's going to be a Deadpool 3, which is going to be in the MCU, and it's going to have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in it. So that brings our Wolverine tie in. Um, but we've also previously seen the uh, X-Men prequel characters in the first Deadpool, right? So all these uh, these characters, um, including the Wolverine trilogy uh, movies, that's uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the Wolverine and, and fucking Logan, but uh, Logan would be set after all all this, but, per, you know, Professor Charles Xavier Patrick Stewart is in that one. So any or all of these movies could be uh, part of uh, the M MCU in such a way that they might just be places to pull characters from from the multiverse. Um, in humans, you know, like like we said, old Blackagar Boltigan or whatever the fuck his dumb name is. Uh, that's Anson Mount. Uh, he's a great Black Bolt. <laughs> um, Black Bolt's a fun character because he can't talk because he'll kill you. So you have to, you know, do a lot of a lot of miming. Um, he was in in a show uh, called The Inhumans, and it's basically uh, there's a military queue and the uh, the human royal family they go to Hawaii uh, and then they have to like save the world or whatever. And you've got like Black Bolt and again he like talks and he'll kill you. And then you got like fucking uh, Medusa who fucking has hair powers, right? I have hair powers, and you got uh, uh, Gorgon. Who's like, I don't know, he's like earthquakey guy. And uh, <coughs> Karnak just sees like where things will break. Um, who else is there? It's like Crystal. Uh, and she's like able to control elements and stuff. And uh, Maximus, who's Black Bolt's uh, uh, brother. Um, yeah. So anyway, so so these characters um, exist, right? Um, and they could uh, they could be brought in or, or shown to to do something. Probably mo most notably uh, Black Bolt because he is a in most universes a sitting member of the Illuminati. So um, Doctor Strange, uh, good. Um, really just lets, uh, lets future movies have access to any comic book movie that's ever existed, basically. Um, so it set the stage. I wouldn't be surprised if in Phase 5 or Phase 6 we get like an Avengers Assemble moment where we just start bringing in all sorts of characters and versions of characters um, from all over the place. I think it would be really cool to see uh, a Chris Evans as the Human Torch um, you know, it would be, I know we're going to get probably a new Wolverine, but it's still, you know, letting, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine be, be in, 
in something as a as a Wolverine variant could be really cool. It just uh, it, it sets up a lot of a lot of stuff. So even though it wasn't like the crazy orgasm of like all characters that have ever come before, like they were talking about Nick Cage being fucking in it and stuff, um, it, it it makes it so maybe we have that moment later. Now going back to TV series, we have Hawkeye. So Hawkeye um, was one that you know we weren't like really like going like, Oh, you know, this is going to be the greatest, uh, TV show ever, but it really, it was fantastic. Uh, it, basically what it is, it's a passing of the torch from Clint Barton, uh, to Kate Bishop. She's going to be our new Hawkeye. So again, I, when I said like everyone is having children's Everyone is having children. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But we uh, are getting, you know, protégés, people to pass the the torch to, whether it's, like, directly, like, in, in this, where Clint is going to basically teach Kate to, to be Hawkeye, or um, kind of like a, a spiritual successor, like uh, Ironheart is going to be the new Iron Man, right? But it's not like they ever met each other um, that we know of. So... In, in this show, uh, basically, we have Clint is just trying to get get back to um, uh, his, his family to, to celebrate Christmas stuff, but he has to go dispose of uh, some tech that got, got left behind, um, and in doing so, he runs into to Kate Bishop, and they, of course, inherit Lucky the Pizza Dog, and they have uh, in, in, an adventure in which uh, he teaches her uh, kind of reluctantly how to be Hawkeye. Uh, Yelena uh, shows up and uh, starts trying to kill them. It turns out that this is all structured by um, uh, the Kingpin, and this is the, uh, the Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin, so, you know, from the street level Netflix series, you know, like Punisher and, and, and stuff like that. Also, uh, uh, the Punisher, um, you know, uh, is, is now also kind of fair game to, to show up and stuff very, very well might show up in the, the new daredevil show. We, we, we don't know. And the Kingpin's daughter echo, uh, who is mute. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that they do in this with, uh, you know, um, uh, Hawkeye, uh, they're, they're dealing with his, uh, his deafness in this and, uh, you know, with, with Echo and, and, and things. It's a, it's a, it was just a really good show. It doesn't, I think, further anything in the universe really as, uh, other than like giving us like, this is who the torch of Hawkeye is going to be, um, uh, past two. They have uh, Kate's parents uh, or Kate's mom is dating uh, Tony Dalton. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jack uh, uh, DeKens, whatnot, uh, the swordman, basically, right? Um, and what's interesting about, about that is that's in uh, the comics, that would be uh, Clint's uh, mentor. Um, we also, at the end, we have Echo, who we know is going to show up in her own show called uh, called Echo. Um, she shoots uh, the Kingpin, um, presumably in that in in the head, because he has a uh, you know bulletproof 
uh, vesty jacket thing. Um, he, of course, is going to turn out to be alive. We've already, you know, kind of seen some some things. We also have uh, kind of the tracksuit mafia who they uh, they fight um, um, throughout. Uh, and uh, Florence Pugh is uh, Yelena is just absolutely hilarious in this. Her and uh, uh, Clint make up, and they both, you know, mourn uh, mourn the loss of. Uh, uh, Who's he? What's it of uh, <laughs> Yelena there? So uh, re really good show. I was trying to find um, who plays Echo, but I'm not seeing it right on the moment. As you can imagine, going through this, I have like one thousand and a half uh, fucking tabs. Uh, but anyway, um, so so Echo is going to get her own show. I think she's also what I was going to look up uh, one of the people that's planned to be in Thunderbolts, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Spinoff series Echo Maya Lopez is her name. Let me just click on on this. Go down this rabbit hole uh, really quick. Hmm. Doesn't say. It does say Charlie Cox will be in it, so so that's good. Um, and uh, earlier when I said she was mute, I did mean deaf, obviously. Um, so so yeah. Um, that brings us to Moon Knight, uh, another one that was uh, kind of like Eternals, like in Werewolf by Night, like sort of sort of what the fuck? How does this? this fit in but it was uh great and a lot of fun moon knight's always one of those characters that i've uh enjoyed um because uh, they just bring in so much just bizarre stuff with it uh, so moon knight is basically uh jewish batman who has even more mental problems right um so he has disassociative identity disorder and he has like basically all sorts of different uh <clears throat> alters at any given time so he uh in in this show uh you know we get like some like splits and they're like figuring out what happened here and there and like, oh someone else is driving at this time um he's uh he starts out you're introduced to him as stephen grant who's this uh you know kind of british um gift shop employee at a museum and uh, then you have uh, Mark Spector, who is the one that he keeps kind of switching to, who is a, uh, a mercenary. And they're used as like the, uh, the vehicles for Khonshu, who's a, who's a uh, moon god, right? Uh, so he, he can summon the powers of like the, the moon knight uh, to fuck shit up. Um, they are um, fighting uh, Ethan Hawke, who's... Uh, uh, this sort of cult leader guy who's gonna, you know, fuck up the world like every other bad guy, right? And uh, through it, they you get a lot of just a neat kind of Egyptian-y uh, stuff. We get uh, Scarlet Scarab is, is in there. We also get an appearance of uh, the last, uh, well, one of the other alters, uh, Jake Lockie is a... Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, a taxi cab uh, driver, and he assassinates 
um, someone at the end. But what's funny about him is uh, Mark Spector is like just super brutal Batman, right? Um, but uh, Jake Lockie is even more brutal. Um, so, it is, so anyway, this this is one of those like it's it was really fun. <laughs> there it's only it's only six episodes. Like we get some um, some um, you know different like oh we see some gods we were like what's real what's not real we get like this female hippopotamus uh and there's like an eye of horus maze tomb thing and we you know we get like the idea of avatars of gods and whatnot but it, it's it's one of those like the more and this is a problem with comic universe anyway the more of these like different like oh you know like thor was the most scary scary thing and we didn't know about that and didn't have to build weapons until he came from asgard but really like we had the Eternals here forever, and they could do crazy stuff. And apparently, we have all these gods here with avatars, and they could do some crazy stuff. So just it's like um, it, it just sometimes by expanding it, it just muddies. Like, well, where were they? You know, when Thanos came, or where were they when they were cathartic, uh, You know, blah blah blah. Any any given thing. So uh, Moon Knight w was fun. We there is no Moon Knight season. Um, Two that we know of. It makes sense that if we were going to see uh, Oscar Isaac again, it's probably going to be in Daredevil. Um, so Daredevil uh, seem, it seems to be where any of these like kind of street level characters uh, could show up and play. Um, from here, we go to She-Hulk, which was my favorite of all uh, the TV shows, just because it's a, it's a fourth wall break in, just just fun thing. Um, She-Hulk is kind of like female Deadpool. They bring in just so so much good stuff. It's just absolutely hilarious. So uh, it starts out, Bruce has a um, thing that he can wear on his wrist that makes him un-Hulk. Uh, his uh, She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, is his uh, cousin, I think. Um, they get in a car crash together, and in doing that, their blood gets mixed, and she gets Hulkiness. He teaches her to be a Hulk, and he's like teaching her that's all about controlling her rage. And uh, she basically tells him that as a woman who has to deal with the stupidity of men all the time, time uh, she knows how to control her rage. Um, we just uh, she works as um, <coughs> a, a lawyer in a superhero, uh, not a superhero law firm, but the superhero division. And we just get a lot of they introduce some some new characters that we haven't met before, like Titania. Uh, who is like a, a social media uh, guru, and she basically tries to trademark She-Hulk's name at one one point. Um, we get um, uh, Mark Ruffalo is is Smart Hulk, Bruce Banner. In the beginning, he leaves uh, kind of suddenly because a spaceship. That's what caused the car accident. Is they almost crashed into it um, at the beginning to <clears throat> go to space, and he actually goes back to. Uh, uh, to Scar and comes back with his son, which should be a big moment, but it was just kind of like thrown in randomly at the end. But so now we have a new little Hulkling to, to pass a uh, thing, so, thing to. I shouldn't say Hulkling because that's a totally different character. Um, we had Tim Roth in this as the Abomination, who apparently apologized to uh, the Hulk for the whole events of the Hulk with a very nice haiku and he's a good person now he's like a, a kind of like a guru he uh 
he uh, she has to defend him because it's found that he has broken out of prison to do gladiatorial combat with Wong uh, for money. So that's how he he enters into this, and she she gets him off. Um, there's a part where Mark Ruffalo, uh, in reference to talking about you know the fight with Tim Roth and the abomination, he's like, "That was so long ago. I was literally a different person back then." And of course, he was Edward Norton back then. So some just hilarious, smart humor in this. My favorite thing is they have an, an episode uh, where they bring Wong in, uh, and Wong makes friends with uh, Madison, one uh, Y three Ns, but not where you think, or something like that. Uh, who they are? The, she's the best new character of of anything. Um, so he. <laughs> uh, Wong and her like watch the Sopranos together is just just great. Uh, the bad guy is um, Todd Phelps, who's Hulk King, um, who basically completed uh, made this uh, program, and basically the whole idea was that he could uh, uh, use it to um, do uh, do something to enrage. Uh, uh, Jennifer Walters, so she would have to become like the Hulk in front of people and blah, 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 blah. So she ends up uh, kicking his ass. Uh, like he turns into a big Hulk and she's like, no, I don't want, want to do this. I mean, she breaks into the Disney Plus menu and goes and finds, uh, finds Kevin, uh, who runs uh, the Marvel uh, uh, universe. It's funny because they actually asked uh, Kevin uh, Feig, Feige, whatever his name is. Uh, to voice Kevin, but he declined, which made me sad because it was so meta. He should have. Um, then they have uh, uh, Charlie Cox is is Matt Murdock Daredevil. They have a little fight in there, and then after the fight, they they bring bring forward the Matt the Slut and uh, Matt uh, and She Hulk uh, get it on, and he does a, a walk of shame out of her house, which is uh, fantastic. This was just an all around fun and very uh like meta like reflexive like they they use this to talk about a lot of other other projects and to kind of make fun of themselves in a lot of ways so it was it was a great show um i'm not 100 percent sure what they'll do with it because it's kind of like it's kind of like the deadpool problem right you have deadpool as you know kind of a uh, running his own movie and you can break the fourth wall and you can do a lot of fun stuff with it uh, same thing when you have She-Hulk. How do you do that when you have um, other characters in a more serious format going? I don't know the answer to that. But a She-Hulk Deadpool movie uh, could be something that could be very interesting. Um, and then again, like at the at the end, uh, Bruce comes back and he has his son uh, Scar uh, with him. So you know, are they building to a World War Hulk type thing? You know, maybe that's been rumored for a long time. Next one we had was Ms. Marvel. Uh, this one was really good, but I don't think I was in the target audience for it. Uh, so it wasn't, uh, it just, it didn't really get me as much. It's, uh, uh, Kamala Khan, uh, and she's basically like a 15, 16 year old. And she's just like a super Captain Marvel fangirl. And she ends up getting this, uh, uh, bracelet <laughs> that gives her powers, um, that she can kind of make light constructs and, uh, run around, make stretchy arms, and 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 do some different things. 
she ends up uh you know saving saving the world like like superpower powers uh superheroes tend to do uh from this group that let's see what they're called i don't know there's some uh, the uh, the clandestines or something who who they're they're gins what okay go for it um, who are gins? You're gonna hear some waterfallness in 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 the background, but that's okay. So through this, she kind of uh, uh, she kind of has like a, a, a friend that that she works with. Uh, his name is uh, Bruno Corelli. Um, it's okay. You're allowed to to talk talk about him, but he's uh, he's in the show. Um, is she also has like, uh, uh, like a guy that is sort of like a love interest, I, I guess. And his name's like Cameron. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's like, it's very geared at kids thing. Um, we do get a lot of like, uh, kind of the, um, Indian, uh, superhero characters. Like they go to, uh, uh pakistan and there's a pakistani hero called the red dagger so we meet him um yeah it's it, it's very well shot it was very well acted um uh, they do reference her as as being a a mutant and play kind of the uh uh x-men theme song at the very end end of it her uh bracelet like glows weird and she switches places with carol danvers so that's how it's going to set up for her being in the marvels um later on but it was it was one of those ones like and it's done in a very artsy like uh almost bollywood style uh throughout its whole run and it's it's fun it is a lot of, of fun to watch it just uh as far as like where i uh like my you know i like my superhero movies to have like beef and brawn and some martial arts stuff it was just different um let's see that's gonna bring us to thor love and thunder um speaking of different right so uh anytime you have uh Watiti or whatever his name is um you you have a, a strange movie this this movie um was interesting because it's like i think any individual scene is good but you take it all together and it wasn't as good as it it could have been <laughs> but it did set up a whole lot of stuff so basically in this one you have christian bale is playing as gore the god butcher and what does gore the god butcher do he butchers the gods right uh so he's in there um thor uh is in there uh, of course but he's not the only thor because they have the mighty thor which is jane foster uh natalie portman um and then you know, we, we have, like, uh, Valkyrie is in here. It's good to see her. We have Russell Crowe with Zeus. Uh, at the end credits, we get um, Hercules. Uh, we have uh, Thor's goats are in here. They're my favorite part, which uh, apparently uh, uh, were just put in there to try to stick James Gunn with having to deal with goats in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So Gore um, has his his daughter uh, Love, and they're the last of, of their race, right? And then 
their god uh uh what happens uh they're they have their god and i think love is sick or something like that and they were like praying and she ends up dying and there's the necrosword and the necrosword like comes to to gore and he's like goes to their god and he's like you son of a bitch and he like kills him with it and then he vows to basically kill all the gods so he's running around doing that um meanwhile thor is on guardians of the galaxy right now and they go to to some some planet and uh you know he 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 solos every everything and then he uh kind of breaks up with the guardians of the galaxy to go his own way um but leave his goats i think um, so he goes to uh, New Asgard because he finds out that Gore is going to attack there, and he finds out that um, his his ex girlfriend Jane uh, had terminal stage four cancer, and when she got that, she went to New Asgard and found that she could lift uh, Mjolnir, um, you know, which was previously like broken by Hela, right? And in doing that, uh, when she wields it, like since it's all broken, like it reforms, but then it's like she can shoot out the broken pieces to like fuck people up up with it. Uh, it, it the, the the action of this is is really good. But so Thor goes down, and they kind of team up. So it's like him and Jane Foster and Valkyrie and Korg, and they decide that they're gonna go um, uh, to the the city of. Uh, uh, omnipotence or whatever and ask the, the rest of the gods for help but uh, the leader of the gods, Zeus, is just like into having orgies. So they end up fighting him um, and Zeus uh, kills uh, Korg, but not really. He just broke him into a face. Uh, Thor like impales Zeus with, the, with uh, his own thunderbolt and then they steal the thunderbolt and they go to confront Gore um, in the shadow realm. Right, uh, Caitlin is texting me. No, she's texting me a picture of black swans. I want to see that black swan anyway. Uh, and then was Natalie Portman in that? No, who was in that? Someone was in that. There's a movie called Black Swan, anyway. Uh, so Thor and Jane kind of rekindle their relationship, they go to the shadow realm. And there, uh, Gore had stolen all the children from New Asgard, so they're trying to find them. There's this fun scene at the end where all the kids like take up arms and and like fight against them. And apparently, like they just used a mass of kids, but any kid that looked stupid, <laughs> like tried to fight at the end, they just CGI'd out. A uh, little weird factoid. Um, so anyway, uh, Thor has, you know, Stormbreaker, and there's all this this part where, like, <clears throat> Stormbreaker is uh, getting jealous because it's like the meme because he keeps looking at Mjolnir or whatnot. Um, so he's able, you know, uh, summon the Bifrost, and they're, they're, they have to enter, well, like, Eternia or Eternity or something. But it turns out it's a trap by Gore, and uh, because he couldn't enter Eternia because he didn't have Stormbreaker, so... Uh, they go and they, uh, they, they fight and, uh, and Gore is able to make a wish and, uh, the wish is, uh, for love to come back. Um, so Thor finds out that, um, 
Jane isn't like healing from the cancer. So he uses like Zeus's thumb thunderbolt to like uh, give all the, the, the children power and they like fight some monsters. Um, and uh, meanwhile, like, like I said, uh, Gore wish back love. So all the children and everybody kill uh, all the monsters. Love comes back. Gore dies as a result of like this curse from asking something from attorney, uh, eternity. Um, and then Thor, uh, he requests that Thor take care of love. So now love is basically um, Thor's daughter. Um, so in the whole aftermath of this, the children go back to new Asgard and Valkyrie and Sif start training them and they build a big monument, to uh, mighty Thor. And then, uh, Thor, um, uh, uh, wields Milner again and love wields Stormbreaker. And then we get a mid credit scene where, um, uh, we're back in, in Omnipotent City or whatever. And Zeus is like, oh, I'm hurt, but I'm coming back. Come, my son. I need you to go kill Thor. And we find out that his son is, of course, Hercules. So Hercules is now on the board. Um, and then at the very end, we get uh, Jane Foster arriving at the gates of Valhalla, uh, where Heimdall welcomes her. You know, had to get the old Idris Elba in there somewhere. Um so yeah, it, this one was it was fun. It was a uh, it, it was a good movie. It just wasn't as strong as uh, Ragnarok. Um, and I don't know, it was it, it was good, uh, but not a. It just didn't it, like all the Phase Four movies. It just didn't really tie in uh, anywhere, and it didn't do anything like too overly exciting. So from there, we go to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. We did a whole podcast on on that basically it is a uh movie in which every character eulogizes chadwick boseman um as they should and we have um the sea people the atlanteans they're not called that uh kind of do battle against the wakandans sea beasts are led by namor the child of no love and Shuri and Umbaku kind of lead the Wakandans and the Wakandans win. Shuri becomes the new uh, Black Panther and Umbaka becomes the new ruler of Wakanda. Um, Namor is owned by Universal, so he will never get his own uh, television show, basically. He will always have to have to be uh, a side character in another show. So just kind of keep that in mind. He's also someone who's been on and off like versions of the Illuminati and things like that. So we might see him again. Uh, we got a Killmonger uh, cameo in this, uh, which is a lot of fun. I really liked Killmonger. Uh, the door melange are super hot. Nokia or Nokia or whatever. Uh, she was really hot in her green outfit. Um, I, I'm into bald women with spears. I learned that during watching that. We also get, uh, what's her name? Uh, new new Iron Man, uh, Ironheart, who is going to have her own, her own show. So basically, Namor, uh, uh, he... He is trying to protect his people from the surface world and 
because the surface world is looking for vibranium and they found out that there's some vibranium under the ocean. That's where Namor and his people live. Uh, in doing that, he tries to blackmail the Wakandans into joining with him to kill everybody on the surface. He flirts really hard with Shuri. Uh, Shuri <clears throat> ends up whooping his ass uh, at the end. And he has weird Hermes wing feet uh, to make him fly underwater for some reason. Uh, he also has pointy ears. They reference that, the, that he has these two things for no reason. It's, it's, it's odd. Anyway, Namor is, uh, has always been a, a character that I think is begging for a change from how he is in the comics. Like, you know, we referenced Taskmaster earlier. They're like, let's change everything about Taskmaster. You know, we'll do that. Um, they, they, they've had lots of characters where they've, you know, changed things uh, for the better. Um, but for Namor, they're like, you know, let's give him his little green Speedo. Let's give him his winged feet and let's give him his pointy ears and make him and say Imperious Rex. <laughs> they did add on like a, a cool Central American vibe to him and, and give him uh, a snake helmet at one point. So that was kind of interesting. Um, really good action in this one. We do see uh, Valentina show show up in this one again. So she's she's her and Wong are kind of like the through lines to this whole thing. You get the uh, the idea that she's going to assemble the Thunderbolts and Wong is going to assemble like the new Avengers or or something. Um, at the end of this, it's revealed that uh, T'Challa did some fucking and he made a new T'Challa. So. Uh, you know, uh, earlier Caitlin was like, what's a T'Chaka? So T'Chaka had T'Challa who had T'Challa. So T'Challa, the new one, is T'Challa, son of T'Challa, son of T'Chaka. So so there you go. Uh, Shuri is the Black Panther at, at the end of this, so that's where she is. Um, uh, uh, Nakia kind of kind of went back. She's raising T'Challa. Uh, T'Challa. Uh, uh, Okie, okie dokie, <laughs> leader of the Dora Milaje, uh now has sort of a, a, a midnight angel suit. Um, we found out that a uh, guy from Get Out, what's his, what's his name, and Up, uh, I don't know, know what his name is in the uh, show, but anyway, he's been imprisoned, uh, so he still exists, so, that, so we didn't really know that before. Um Umbaku is now uh, the leader of Wakanda. Um, we had, let, let's see, uh, Ironheart is set for her own TV show going forward. Uh, Namor is back underneath the water, and he's basically saying that he bowed to the Wakandans, but he's just going to use it to his advantage later. So expect more from that. Uh, so I don't know if we knew this before, but um, Valentina is the former wife of Martin Freeman uh, in, in this movie. <laughs> oh, and then uh, I guess it's Queen uh, Ramonda, uh, Angela Bassett dies in this. She's basically uh, killed by um, Namor. So that's why, why Mbaka is a new ruler. Sorry if I... Forgot to throw that out there. Okay, so that that brings us uh, to the last offering of Phase 4. And boy, does Phase 4 go out with a bang with the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, in which Drax and Mantis team up to kidnap Kevin Bacon to give Kevin Bacon 
as a present to Peter Quill. Um, so basically, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy bought nowhere from the collect from the collector, and uh, they take in um, Cosmo the Space Dog as their newest member. Okay, so got uh, we got Cosmo. Um, Christmas is coming, and Kraglin uh, tells the other Guardians about how Yondu ruined Christmas for Peter Quill uh, when he was a child. He like kicked over his Christmas tree. And everything, and Mantis and Drax think this is really sad. Uh, so they go to, to find a Christmas present for Quill, and what they want to get him is uh, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> like you do. Because, you know he's really sad uh, because Gamora's dead. Well, not dead. Well, his Gamora's dead, and Gamora from this timeline isn't in love with him and who exists somewhere. But anyway, so they go to Hollywood and they search for Kevin Bacon. And they like go to Groman's Chinese theater and they uh, do the Hollywood walk of fame. They go to a bar, they uh, pose for photos. So they get a bunch of money and then they get really drunk. And then Mantis uses her powers to get a map of the stars and they go to Kevin Bacon's house and they break in. And then Mantis puts Kevin Bacon in a trance so that he'll return to nowhere with them. Um, Mantis and Drax find out that Kevin Baker is just an actor and they talk about how shitty actors are. Uh, then they like uh, tell him that he has to act better and act like a real hero. Um, so they go and they decorate all of nowhere and they, they put everything together and Quill comes out and opens this present and he's horrified to find out it's a kidnapped Kevin Bacon and he makes them re return him. But uh, uh, when Kraglin goes to return him, he, he talks about talks to Kevin Bacon about how Quill, you know, has been, always been inspired by Kevin Bacon's characters, and uh, you know, Quill has actually saved the entire universe by dancing, you know, not just a town like Kevin Bacon did. And Kevin Bacon go, agrees to go back and sing a song to fill everyone with Christmas spirit. And after they do this, Quill reveals uh, uh, to Mantis that. Uh, Yondu actually went and opened his present and it was a little, you know, uh, bobblehead guy that he, you know, that's why he collected those things later. And as a result, Yondu gave uh, Quill the, his blasters. Mantis tells uh, Peter, like, that she's actually his sister because she's a child of Ego also. Um, and Quill is super happy about that. Um, uh, Nebula presents rocket with a gift and that gift is the winter soldier's arm um and at the very beginning of this there was a band uh the old 97s um yeah real life band uh but they play a uh, i don't know what christmas is song but like uh, it's the greatest song ever i'll try to try to find it but um this this was just really cute it was a lot of uh uh uh, fun. It just it just shows how fucking good James Gunn is at at everything. We got, the guy's just a genius. Um, I'm excited to see what he does with DC because DC needs some help. So at the end of this, um, we have Star Lord now knows that he is <coughs> related to Mantis. Um, we didn't see Thor's goats, so I don't know if that's by the by design or if they still have them or or what the deal is 
um, Drax and uh, Nebula and Mantis. I'm just running down who's there. All pretty much the same as they were before. Groot is now like a teenager, and he looks like a like a gym rat. He's pretty thick. Um, Rocket's there. Uh, Kraglin uh, is now wearing the prototype fin, and he does reveal that he doesn't fully know how to use it. So expect like I expect Kraglin to get the hold of it and probably tragically die in the in the Guardians Galaxy number three. And Kevin Baker says that he's going to come back to nowhere for Easter. Um, and then of course they have Cosmo the Space Dog, which they just put out a. Um, trailer uh for the guardians of the galaxy volume three but it didn't feature cosmo so i'm hoping cosmo is in it um and that is the marvel cinematic universe phase four uh again like you compare it to phase one phase one really like it was logical it set the stage moving to the uh the end cap of the avengers for that phase uh this is just all over the place and uh, like like i said we just know that this whole next three phases is called the multiverse saga and kang is going to be uh, our big bad but i couldn't have told you that just by by watching um these phase five it's going to kick off with quantum mania we know kang's in there so we know that we are going to see uh that apparently modok is in there as well so we'll see how kind of that that sets us up. I'm hoping this really starts driving us towards how this is going to go. Um, the other movies in Phase 5 currently, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, trailer for that just came out. Adam Warlock's going to be in it. Uh, the Marvels, which will have, uh, you know, Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Uh, Captain America New World Order. That will be the Captain America uh, starring Sam Wilson. And then we have Thunderbolts, which, like I said, I feel like this phase has really gone to set up the Thunderbolts more than anything else. Um, and then Blade. Uh, but I've heard Blade is going to be pushed off uh, again. Um, Television-wise, we're going get to get What If Season 2, uh, Secret Invasion, which should be Skrull-themed with Nick Fury, Echo, uh, which should bring back Kingpin, uh, Loki season two, which hopefully ties in uh, more of our multiversiness. Uh, Iron Heart, which uh, should probably culminate with us having kind of a new Iron Man. Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Uh, don't know where exactly that'll go. Might, might of course, bring uh, Scarlet Witch kind of back into the fold. And then Daredevil Born Again, which is going to be uh, the longest uh, Disney show is going to have uh, almost twice as many episodes as a lot of their their other ones and again we expect a lot of the street level uh heroes uh to, to come into that phase six uh we don't know really about uh, much about the television shows uh that'll be phase six but we do know film wise that we're gonna have deadpool three there uh fantastic four and then we're gonna have uh just like they did infinity war and endgame um, an Avengers back-to-back, -back, which is going to be the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. We uh, we do expect that some you know some more films are going to go in there, uh, probably related to um, the X Men. So yeah, that is our review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Four. Uh, one more thing about the She-Hulk thing is I really want an Avengers shirt for Christmas. All right, enjoy. 
Out on the third planet closest to the sun, there's a special celebration and it sounds quite fun. A jolly old fellow brings toys to everyone on a holiday they call Christmas. Now I'm not gonna lie, it makes no sense to me, but here's what Earthlings told me about this Christmas mystery. Santa is a furry freak with epic superpowers. He flies to every human home in under 14 hours. He's a master burglar, a pro at picking locks. If you don't leave milk and cookies out, he will put dung in your socks. If you act nicely through the night and don't jump on your bed, Santa comes with sugar plums and hurls them at your head. But if you're on his naughty list, he shoots missiles at your toes. He might just roast your chestnuts with his powerful flamethrower. Somewhere 